This episode is dedicated to Mervins. We love you and we miss you every day. It's Conservative Talk Radio this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Boo You Know That, the party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osmond. I'm Steve Slaga. Steve. Hi, Nadia. Hi. It's our last Why Boo You Know That, our special Halloween horror filled everything spooky season related uh, uh, pod of the month. It's true. You know, some months, sometimes October has five Wednesdays. Sometimes it has four. And we were shortchanged. We we (laughs) truly were this year. Let me see. 2020, also four. Um, I think it's mostly four. Most okay. of the time. Uh, oh, really, Nadia? Because in 2019, it was the 2nd, the 9th, the 16th, the 23rd, and the 30th. Okay. So, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry. I'll admit when I'm wrong. But you are right. It is mostly four. That's okay. Well, I'll numbered. also admit what I'm oh, right. Oh, wait. No. It was five <laughs> in It was five in 2018 also. Oh, so I was wrong. Is this the new who's on first? Did we come up with it? How many Wednesdays in October? <laughs> I think the one thing missing is like clever wordplay, but otherwise, sure. <laughs> oh, uh, October 2014, I had an audition at MTV and we are sitting here now and you can assume how that went. I was going to say, do you remember what that audition was for? No, it also looks like that night was somebody's going away party, Stephanie, to be exact. So ah! if you're if you're Stephanie and you went somewhere in October 2014, I remember. Or, or, or possibly welcome back. We're not sure. Yeah. Don't know who you are, where you are, where you went, but be well, Stephanie from 2014. <laughs> How about you, uh, Nadia? Um <laughs> I'm doing fine with all four Wednesdays. Um, okay. Slowly, slowly, but surely getting into spooky season. The what the weather is a crisp fall weather now that we can fully enjoy. Um, yes, catching up that. on television and movies, getting cozy, lighting candles. Mm-hmm. Finally. Um, well, you know, I make my candles. Yes. We talked about this. Okay. Yes. Well, let me show yes. you this one. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. Okay. Steve is it's leaving right his microphone very briefly to pull out. Now, this is from a pizza sauce jar. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. And this bottom part, this grayish green putrid looking one. Mm-hmm. I just threw all the like bottom wax from candles um, that like didn't get burnt together and it smells as awful as it looks so then i just covered it with unscented wax um so that's what this is so you know very cozy you know i can think of something that maybe it doesn't smell as awful as it looks but it sounds as awful as it looks as it oh interesting (laughs) doesn't smell as awful as it looks but sounds as awful as it looks do go on You know, you might be it's it's maybe the all the melted wax putrid scent candle mm-hmm. shavings mm-hmm. of um of entertainment and media, right. if you will. OK, Something like that. OK, you know what? That's as good as it's going to get. That's the segular going off. I'm going to bring in our amazing guest. 
He is a writer and co-executive producer of the upcoming Netflix show, Boons and Curses. Please welcome our friend Jay Goldman. Hey, everybody. Hi. Oh, you've got a cat Hi. on your lap. I, I do have a cat on my lap. This is oh, Manic lucky. Pixie Dream Cat. I love her. Um, she... She is very, very tiny and hates everything in the world. Yeah, that's why um, I love her. But she, she's gotten much better now, actually. She's slowly, slowly ending up into being a little bit more chill in her medium age. That's, that's so nice. It's nice when you see the mellowing out in real time. It's how it's, I feel about my father. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, it's like good things for good cats. And also Nadia's dad. He's really mellowed out a lot over the years. Like he used to be a much angrier man. And now he's like just kind of rolling with punches, still very neurotic, nervous and anxious and has all kinds of other problems. But like the the anger has subsided somewhat. So I'm like, do you okay, think it out. did he pick up like a, a, a new hobby or something? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think he just got really like at first took him a minute to get into what retirement would look like. And then I think he sunk into the idea that like I can watch every British murder mystery show. I can watch every (laughs) soccer game. I can watch uh, every BBC anything over and over again. Okay, I'll do that. Um, so it's just a lot of rosemary and thyme. Yes, yes. There's one where it takes place in, um, like uh, one of the Caribbean islands that I cannot name that starts with a saint, Saint Lucia, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, where it's it's very much a uh, USA characters welcome esque hour long drama where they're always serving solving murder mysteries on this island. And I can't remember the name of it, but it's like the right amount of charming for my father. Where it's like this is this show's so funny, and I'm like, okay, sure, but. I- <laughs> But it's, like, it's it's funny in that way. Yeah, I like like psych and monk yes. style where yes. it's like, yeah, it's murder, but we're having fun with the worst day of probably people's entire lives. Yeah, yeah, we're we're joshing around. Yeah, we're uh, we're, we're we're ribbing each other. So today we're going to be talking about the horrors of conservative talk radio, which is honestly one of the scariest topics that we could think of uh, in, a, in a fitting way to end the month. I think uh, Jake conservative talk radio. And when we say that we're talking about like the talk radio format specifically in the U.S. Yes, uh, there's it happens in other countries, but really in America devoted it's... to expressing conservative viewpoints mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, news. Why do you and know logic? That? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I like to preface everything by uh, first and foremost, uh, just stating how incredibly liberal and progressive that I am, uh, but really kind of dive into where this kind of all began is I I'm born and raised in New York, but I went to school and college in the South and um, I had a girlfriend while I was down there who was not politically aligned with me. Um, to the point that she once told me famously that she felt in her entire adult life that Rush Limbaugh was never wrong about anything. And when I went to her father's house, uh, he owned a dynamite company was my like favorite thing about it, which was, you know, not frightening in the slightest. Um, literally the right side of their fridge covered in pictures of Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. Um, so in part to 
kind of help like better understand the other area of the world. But really, honestly, um, I was kind of really driven more for um, like, I wanted to see how other people uh, sold things that didn't exist. Um, because conservative talk radio has to constantly convince you that the sky is falling, even when it's not. Um, and then it kind of became like a little bit of like, um, white noise. A lot of times when I'm writing, if I can't think of anything, I will probably walk around my neighborhood at dawn. Um, and I will put on like the Mark Levin show because he just like squawks and squawks and squawks. And then I get to tune it out. And then I'm just like, for some reason, gets into a narrative zone. Um, but yeah, I, I've spent many, many years listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, um, a little bit of like a negative, uh, like fascination. Uh, but yeah, um, that's, yeah, where, where, where it kind of all started. So a few, few questions. So one, I, I know you and I can vouch for Jake's progressivism, Thank you. Uh, but also just the idea that like you're turning it on as white noise. Do you feel like because they're just saying nonsense, do you feel like that honestly does help you in the same way that white noise, like a white noise app where it plays like ambient coffee shop noises helps or like, what do you think it's doing? So I think that like, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people who, will say like they eventually at a point in their lives that they can't read the news because it like builds their blood pressure up because they take it very personally. Um, the fact that I know that essentially these people are actors and clowns, essentially, I'm like, this is a performance to the point that both like Alex Jones and, and Tucker Carlson have legally declared in court that what they do is a performance, right? That is what they do to explain why they should not be held responsible for inspiring all the horrible, horrible hate crimes that they inspire regularly. Um, for me, though, since I kind of don't, I really get inspired as I'm like walking around by honestly like conversation and humanity. And something that happens quite a bit is, again, I grew up in New York City. And now I live in Los Angeles. There is no way around it. That is an echo chamber. If I state an opinion, usually, especially for me and my worldview, like I'm very supported here. This is like, mm -hmm. not like it is a fucking privilege to be in such a supportive environment, right? For um, politics and uh, social issues, like these are the places for it, right? Um, and sometimes when things are a little bit too easy, I kind of just, I tune out, you know? There was this whole thing in regards to like the difference between um, reading a book on paper and reading in Kindle. And that um, studies have shown that if you read in a book, you're more likely to remember it than you do in a Kindle. And the reason why is because the Kindle is constantly lit and the book isn't. And because of that, that added difficulty, you retained information a lot more. Mm. It is very much like an iron sharpens iron philosophy. Um, and so being around 
just people talking, even if they are not talking to me, kind of like gets me going. But if they are talking to me and they're pandering, then I'm like, it's kind of like I've walked into a party and I hear somebody like talk about a subject that I'm like, oh, wow, holy fucking shit, I want in, you know, and then I'm 100% invested in. But if one guy is going on and on and they're complaining about Barack Obama's birth certificate, I'm like, I don't fucking give a shit to you. Like, and yeah. I'm just walking right past him. Yeah. Um, I also, another thing I want to state very hundred percent is those, all those conservative talk radio things are huge, huge uh, pyramid schemes, right? Oh yeah. There's one person at top. They're constantly selling books um, and like creating up a new thing. It is very, very important to me that uh, when you support these things, um, I don't pay for anything right from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it is either a free podcast sort of situation or it is on, um, the local talk radio news station here in Los Angeles, which I am actually going to state, um, their hourly news is really excellent for local issues. Um, so there you go. Fun fact. Um, so before we dive in a little bit more. I, I think I'm sure Steve also may have this burning question, which is a dynamite factory. What? Uh, yeah, no, he, he owned, uh, you know, the dynamite factory. Um, and so is he Wiley E. Coyote? Like what? Who owns a dynamite factory? It's look, these, I didn't even know, know that was a job you could have. I'm just you, kind people of people have to make dynamite. There's yeah, a constant demand. blow things up in this country and so like somebody has to make dynamite okay yeah um and it turned out to be my uh, (laughs) ex-girlfriend's father um yeah who constant demand the people have cried out in one unified voice bring us sticks that will blow shit up uh yeah yeah. anyway so moving (laughs) moving on um uh, Steve, it, your relationship, do you have a relationship to conservative talk radio at all uh, as far as like having to listen Ugh. to it at home? Yeah, like when I'm whenever I'm in Michigan, like I'm uh, I'm going back soon and um, it's it'll like I'm already dreading like every car ride because it's always on. Um, I, 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 I guess I should look at it like Jake does and kind of like take it as, as white noise, um, as opposed to me just wanting to like punch the radio and scream at my dad. No, I, you know, for me, like, uh, it's, it's oddly enough, it's another element that comes from, so, you know, I'm Jewish and again, going down to North Carolina where there was considerably less Jewish people than there were in, uh, New York and Los Angeles. Um, I really have a fascination with just kind of like things that people do normally. I like going to small towns and see, and finding the library and just imagining what it's like to like, sort of like live there. Um, and sort of the same principle. I'm always like, kind of like trying to go and I'm like, people listen to this. So what are they getting out of it? I don't need to get the same thing out of it, but it's the same thing. Like with God rock. I find God rock insanely fascinating that they're like, Oh my God, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make Lincoln park, but for Jesus and like put my life into Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) 
walked right into that one. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not Lincoln Park. But anyway, <laughs> it's the Holy Father Roach. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Holy Father Roach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, it, it's it's also, I mean, especially right now, like, everyone's like, oh, these politically divisive times. And I was like, these, like, especially conservative talk radio is toxic as fuck and is a hundred percent. You can draw a straight line um, through a lot of our problems today down to really the launch of the Rush Limbaugh radio program in the late 1980s, which came yeah. around due to Reagan's ruling on the fairness doctrine exactly. as well. Just and to back up for a second, in case people don't know what this is, the Fairness Doctrine was a uh, is it designed in 1949. It was an FCC rule that was designed to basically do what has now happened, which is the idea is that uh, if you want to broadcast, a station has to devote reasonable attention to coverage of controversial issues of public importance. But they had to do like reasonable, but not equal necessarily. So you could like. You could have you had to have for every conservative, you had to have like at least somewhat of a liberal viewpoint. And so there was a bit more balance. You had to actually like focus in on news in a really specific way. And then that got repealed in the 80s during the Reagan era. Yeah, it, this is why there used to be like, um, you know, point counterpoint on yes. like uh, talk shows. Um, now we don't have that. And in fact, yeah. even in America, we're allowed to lie and call it news. There's no Fox News in Canada because they're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We used to have Gore Vidal versus William F. Buckley. And like now, if you watch any of that, you're like, how fucking tame. These people aren't just like threatening to murder their families and just screaming lies at each other. <laughs> not only that is literally for an entire adult lives um, and, and for a lot of people, their entire lives, um, there is no point that everything that you hear through the conservative like political sphere everything even what donald trump says starts behind started behind the microphone of rush limbaugh if right. he said it then everybody else will get behind him um and like that is such an insane thing because he was was one of the most awful people to ever call himself an American. Uh, and that's being nice to him because I think he was one of the most awful people who ever lived, but I'm just going to like shrink it down. But there's plenty of awful Americans. So it's like, all right, you're still in, you know, pretty good company. I mean, there's a reason um, we call this the horrors of conservative talk radio. And so well, if you will, Rush Limbaugh is our, I don't know, he's our Dracula. He's not our Frankenstein. He is like horror uh, villain personified he's so a, yeah. steve is trying i can see steve's he's frankenstein's monster okay yeah rush limbaugh's frankenstein's no not frankenstein's monster, monster. he's dr frank dr frankenstein there we go yeah. okay so he is dr frankenstein who then has created a bunch of frankenstein monsters uh oddly enough though like it got to the end right because you know rush limbaugh died this past year um but towards the end before he was being pulled off the radio for his health he literally said that he's like, it's hard to be a conservative these days unless because everyone thinks you're a kook. And then if you watch Media Matters has the video of him, you see him realize he said it out loud. And then he goes, I'm just kidding, folks. No, everything's great. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, everything's fine. Like it was this brief moment of like 
realization that um, everything that he built his life upon was a pile of shit. Um, and I think that only comes with uh, people who are empathetic or people who are about to die and realize that they should have been empathetic. Yes. Um, but like, again, to, the, to put to like the point is about the financials and how much they dig in because there's a lot of sales techniques that go into conservative talk radio, specifically historical revisionism. Rush Limbaugh wrote children's books for kids called Rush Revere. And in this, um, Rush Limbaugh is a substitute teacher named Rush Revere. Um, even though Rush Limbaugh would never support a single teacher in the entire United States, um, who has a talking horse named Liberty, and they travel back in time and witness the most white versions of history you can. He did multiple versions Ooh, of Only books. one Audible credit. I might have to get this on October 24th. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like he did that. He had his own iced tea brand called Two If By Tea. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and like, these are things, I just want to be clear. It's, these are not all like brand new things that he did at the end. These are things that he'd been doing for definitely at least the last 15 years of his program. Yeah, if right? I recall, he made polo or golf shirts that had his broadcasting mm-hmm. company on there. And like a lot of golf and golf related equipment. Yeah. A lot of golf, a lot of cigars. Oh yeah. Yeah. um, A shit ton of misogyny and racism. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just Um, like a hell, just a super healthy dose. Just so this is kind of like the thing too, is like, you know, um, okay. So one of the most influential things that I ever heard in all of media ever uh, for me and I feel this might be true for a lot of people of our generation, um, came from the 90s X-Men cartoon. And in it, Charles Xavier says, because he's asked, like, why do they hate us mutants? And his response is, people are afraid of what they don't know. And increasingly, people use that unknown fear to justify hate. And then also, people use that unknown fear to justify safety. We don't, this is where kind of like my like step out of the bubble kind of thing is. I don't need to entertain these ideas, especially like hate-filled ideas that can put people's lives at risk in my individual. But the only way that I can ever get rid of those ideas or help abolish them is really try to understand the people who are spewing them. And most of them, they might be way too far gone. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have to start by at least finding a way to meet them on their level. That is not politics. And so I sit back and I go, all right, let me start here. When you listen to things, when you entertain things, what about this do you find any way fascinating? You know, Um, I don't know what my ex-girlfriend truthfully, like I remember when my ex-girlfriend and I were dating, it was the time of um, I like the gay marriage discussion was happening. And she had, over the course of our relationship, 
realized that she was the wrong on the wrong side of the issue and had gone from like, and this, it all happened way faster than we all remember, right? Like 2008, Barack Obama runs on the marriages between one man and one woman type thing, right? And by the time that he's done with his first uh, term, uh, is that, I think it was either then or was it 2014? When was uh, gay marriage legalized? I think it was a little later, was it not? Um, but either way, by the end of his all of his terms, the world has turned, right? Right. Um, and it was, so, there was a shift. There was definitely yeah. a shift. And she even told me, she goes, I, like when confronted with issues that she knew were wrong, would say, I don't have an opinion on those anymore. Anymore, right? It wasn't that one was right. It became like anymore. Mm-hmm. And in those moments of uncertainty, that's actually when you can change a mind. Um, there's this, uh, there was this, uh, Freakonomics podcast all about like uh, behaviorism and how to retrain people um, to do things, right? And positive things, not like um, this weird Pavlovian thing, but like, how do you make an aggressive person less aggressive? How do we change these habits? And a lot of habits to us, like humans, are like opening a door. And so when you walk up to a door, how much do you think about opening it? Like, right. N- nothing. Right. You just turn the knob and you like sort of go. Um, But if you have a door that's complicated, you stop and you get frustrated and you're like, oh, fuck, wait, hang on. How do I do all this? Right. So with a lot of our responses, a lot of our hate responses, we have to treat them the same way. So you have to sort of break it. Um, And to do that, you have to start figuring out how their door is built. And then you could start going and you can pull teeth out of arguments. Now, again, I, I, I want to be like, uh, this is um, this, the, the position that I'm speaking from right now is insanely privileged, right? Insanely privileged because I'm a straight white male. As Homer Simpson says, everyone listens to me, even if all my ideas are like super, super dumb. I believe he says age is 18 to 49. That's true. Nuts and gum. Yes. Right? Together at last together at last. <laughs> but right. So to me, I was like, look, I, I, um, there are groups that listen to conservative talk radio that are going to spew a lot of hatred towards people that are very, very important for me just because of who that they are. Mm-hmm. They may not do that for me. And so then I'm like, let me be a bridge to now see if I can try to kind of break that. It's not something I do in my everyday life. It is not something that I actively encourage people to do. It's not really anything, but uh, it is, I think, a very like core tenant of like, honestly, like writing and storytelling is understanding shit that's fucking difficult. If you write everybody and they're really, really great and positive, it's not always the best, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's a lot of my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) These are all very valid, important thoughts. I feel like like I guess in summary, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Oh, no, I'd actually flop it. I think you keep your friends like super, super close, but understand that your enemies are there. Yeah. Okay. Um, fine. Have an understanding of your enemies is maybe the 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 way to put this, because I I don't disagree with you. I uh, I've done 
volunteering for various political campaigns where it's like I've called people and gone, hey, you want to, you know, vote for this or vote for so and so. And in those moments, that's when I really learned empathy of the other side, because now I've got to figure out how to convince this person in the next five minutes why I'm correct on my viewpoint. And I feel like my viewpoint is typically, you know, it's on the progressive side and it's it's me calling to say like, hey, this candidate or this uh, bill or whatever will do something that I think is amazing, like offer housing for the homeless. And somebody on the other side will be going, well, I don't think that's so amazing. And here's why. And hearing what that other person has to say lets me understand here's why we are in some of the messes that we are in. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. important to know how the door is built so you can unpinge the door. Yeah. Like, and look, uh, um, uh, again, I'll speak as a, a Jewish American only like to my like experience. Right. Um, there's a thing that gets thrown around a lot, especially thing, which is, you know, it's like, it's not my job to teach you. Right. Which is very, very true, especially if every time you've gone to try to speak to someone, they're not really talking to you in good faith. And they're actively like ignoring and turning stuff around because they don't want to fucking learn. Right. Mm -hmm. But the other aspect of it is, yes, it's not my job to teach you, but we also need to acknowledge that they're going to learn it from somewhere. Um. This is a message that was like, is very rabbinical. It's something that was like raised in me like a lot growing up is like, if somebody has a question about Judaism, if I tell them it's not my job to teach you, I tell them to go pound sand. This is how Nazis are made, right? Yeah. Because then they go off and then they talk and they just listen to an echo chamber all themselves who are predatory, will bake money off them conservative talk radio, right? And all that stuff and like build into all this fucking awful shit, right? Or I can answer an expert who they came to in the first place. All of this is assuming they are genuinely there to learn and not like flat out, like trying to exploit my experience or abuse my trust in any way. Let's, um, let's rephrase it as keep your friends closest to you and your enemies at a safe distance where you can make sure that they're not going to pull any shady ass shit on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's just good life philosophy right there. I think <laughs> put that on, put that on some throw pillows. Yes. I yes. think we'll get that. On Etsy. It. Uh, we'll start our own little merchandising empire. Fuck you. Ghost of brush. He's not a ghost. He's dead. He's, no, he's he's he's, he's, all, he's so far down in the depths of hell that insert multiple dictators names I, or yeah i mean I, it's very strange to, uh, go ahead steve uh, it, it's similar uh it just i was listening to a episode of a podcast today entitled what does Kristen cinema want uh and it, <laughs> it very much reminds me of you know her attempts to try to play both sides um she wants to look like she's part of the scooby-doo gang but yeah. at a very, but at a, the same discount that, uh, you know, is offered to one at, say, like a, a Marshall's or a Ross. Right. I, yeah. I, yeah. The issue I, is uh, she she came up with was always very we have to reach across the aisle. We have to understand each other. And it's like, great. Wonderful. Yeah. And then kind of was like, all right, now I'm an elected official. I'm not responding to anybody who has problems with what I do, but, and, but the, 
I, I, I do like the, you know, whether her attempts were um, just to get a seat in office or actual legitimate uh, attempts at, you know, crossing the aisle. But I, you know, this is the thing too, because I think like when we talk about like reaching across the aisle, we do in this a lot of times people in the very like New York Times editorial sense being like, what's going on in the diners of America? What do Trump <laughs> voters think? Right. As if like they're, you know, like, but that's as if actually, these people don't exist as your neighbors and in, in right. large cities and in et cetera, et cetera. But it, it's different if you if you that's if you're thinking about it like, well, I got to bring them to the table. But that's not actually the way we should be thinking about it. Instead, we should be thinking about it like sales. Mm-hmm. I have an idea. And this idea is treating people like they're human fucking beings. Mm-hmm. How do I sell this to an asshole? Right. Right. Yes. And because when you're doing it like that, this isn't, well, now I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to take your idea into consideration. And do you know what? Um, maybe all minorities should die. Like there's none of that. Right. Like instead it's going, all right, look, you're coming at, you seem to want, how can I sell you on this idea that everybody should be allowed to live and love who they want? Right. This is the fucking difference. Cause Kristen cinema is likely to your point. Like, I don't know who she is for. Like, I don't know right. who she's market, like who she thinks her base is or what, or anything. I know who Joe Manchin's base is because uh, it's coal and a lot of money towards it. But like, and also one dude named Cole, C O L E. Good old, yeah. Oh, Cole, Cole. Sprouse from the Sweet Life of Zach <laughs> Cody. Him and Joe Manchin, <laughs> like that. I mean, he didn't get Riverdale, so he's got to do something. Was yeah, he up exactly. for Riverdale? Well, one of them's on Riverdale. Only one of them is. Riverdale is this like Sprouse. the Sweet Valley High twins, where like they were both? Oh yeah, Cole is on Riverdale. Just kidding. But Cole is on. Wait, are both on Riverdale or no? No, just Cole. Dylan just Cole can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> the shit though. That's it. It's because that was what with the they had the Sweet Valley I TV show, um, which I can also talk about apparently. Uh <laughs> the Sweet Valley High TV show had a pair of twins, and yes. then one of them gave up acting and the other one like kept going. Uh, and she was in like Club Dread. That's the thing I remember. Um, and Joe Dirt. Was she in Do- Joe Dirt? Yeah, she was in Joe Dirt. Um I feel like her name was Brittany. Oh my God. I wonder if it's someone that I'm going to, I'm looking it up now and I'm wondering if it's going to be somebody that I recognize and be like, that's a twin. You know, you know, when you get twin surprise. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Oh, she was in white chicks. Yeah, she's doing well. She was in Joe Dirt. You're right. Brittany Daniel. I don't recognize her, but I'm sure she's been in lots of things that I've seen. A fulfilling um, career. Well, I guess like the thing is, is you spend half your time, like when you're a twin actor, you're like, this is our brand. You're Mary Kate and Ashley, right? Right. We do the double team. Yeah, exactly. Also, like T and Tamara were actual identical twins. Mary Kate and Ashley were not. They were fucking fraternal and we were lied to. (gasps) You know what? No, I see it now. I see it. Talk about talk about propaganda shoved down our throats. Talk about brainwashing children. You know, my sister loved 
the Olsen twins and like really like was into twins and like reading twin books and shows about twins. And I think because she was like the younger sister and had two older brothers, like mm. she, there was this fantasy of having like a twin sister. Um, but if she knew now that they're not even like the real deal. Yeah. The mainstream, that's right, I'm -fraternal mainstream twins. media liberal bias convinced <laughs> mm -hmm. her that Mary Kate and Ashley are, in fact, identical twins. There's quite a lot of evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Yeah. I've and that's what they do. That's what the that's mainstream what media liberal bias does. It tells us that the twins. I don't know what voice this is. I'm gonna or like uh, more like lamestream media. Ooh, Bravo. get them, get them. Yeah, um, screen grab my face after that one. <laughs> you were talking about selling, you know, progressive ideas. Yeah. Basically, thinking of it in terms of sales. So, listeners of conservative talk radio in the U.S. are shock, shock, shock. Predominantly white, predominantly religious Americans, mm -hmm. uh, ideologically conservative. Men are more likely to be listeners than women. Recent polls within like the last five years have shown the vast majority of these listeners are over the age of 54. So less than 10 percent of the base is aged 35 to 54 um, to me. And apparently, according to a bunch of other places, including The Times and I believe it's Time Magazine, Atlantic and some other uh, NBC. There's a lot of think pieces out there over the last five years even during the Trump admin that were like conservative radio is dying. You know, it's 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 not doing so well. It, if, if conservative talk radio is Dr. Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein is building a Frankenstein monster to help. It so survive. I think that like that didn't um, make any sense. I'm so you know, sorry. I'm really trying to tie it in here and it's not happening. I feel like I'm going to switch. I'm going to have to switch villains. He's, yeah. he's, he's uh, is there who's a horror villain that like had cancer or something? Is there one? Saw. Saw. Okay, that great. was his yes. whole thing. Okay, there we go. It's uh the conservative talk radio saw. is Saw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, so like, you know, um the conservative talk radio day was built around Rush Limbaugh. Like he would had he had the prime spot and nobody went up against him. Mm -hmm. Um, so the day would go like this. It would go, uh, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, right? And each of them have at least a three hour program. And so that is 12 hours of a fucking day built all around. And that was to cover, uh, East to West coast, right? Um, without Rush Limbaugh there, talk radio is deader than Dillinger. Like it is again, going to slowly die out. However, they do constantly sell. This is where like Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro really thrive is all their stuff is sales. And they present themselves to these um, older boomers as just like, well, you know, I'm the good neighbor boy who's going to knock to you in a not scary way. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, the hostage and, to Rush Limbaugh's saw. But, but this is the thing, too, is like, you know, the hostage. sad truth is, hostile. is like hostile. That's the one I wanted. Hostile. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Ho yeah. Sorry. There you That's go. That's the wrong comparison. I don't. But is they, there a hostage? No. Sorry. Go on. 
There probably is. I'm sure there is. There's no way in the history of like movies were like may have been made for uh, over a hundred years. No way. None of them that none of them are called hostage. (laughs) (laughs) But like as a horror franchise. Uh, No, I don't think there's been a horror franchise about hostage. I I would like it if for it to be a franchise, though, I would love it if it was kind of like the rules of the speed universe. Yes. Where it's the same person constantly been taken hostage. Yes. And they're yeah, like, it's oh. always Liam Neeson's daughter. Yeah. Taken. Which it's I guess same. that Taken is like hostage. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Taken is the hostage. Okay. So Ben Shapiro is the Taken franchise, meaning it is. No, that doesn't he's the work bad guy. Either. He's not Liam Neeson. Yeah. He's no, no. He's not Liam Neeson. I got it. No, 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 no. I, what I'm saying is. The younger generation that is coming up is essentially taking from the older generation. You know what it is? It's remakes of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay, we're or I'm, like I'm working on it or zombie. It's zombie. They're well, walking. They're the walking dead compared to did, George Romero. Zombie. Did you ever read that thing about how um, horror movies reflect the political landscape at the time? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So um when there's a conservative upswing, our interest in zombies go all the way up because they represent conservatism when run wild. You are a mindless consumer, just like eating and eating and eating. This is why like the original Dawn of the Dead takes place in a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other element is when it's the reverse, we see more vampires. And because vampires are the weird, mysterious foreigner who comes to seduce our women mm-hmm. and has strange customs you know, they yeah. hate garlic, right? Yeah, so also th- progressives are sexy as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Showing off my fangs. Um, to get back to what we were saying sure. before I went down this dumb path that I apologize. No, for no, show your fangs. Show your fangs. No, no, show your fangs. With these newcomers, you're saying, this new crop, the, the Ben Shapiro's of the world, if you will, if conservative talk radio as we know it from the 80s and 90s, as AM radio that you turn on and listen to your car and whatnot is really starting to die out, this new crop of kids is coming to take its place via social media and YouTube and well, such, correct? All that podcasts, I say, are podcasts is just radio. It's the same right. medium, right? It just is, is like the same way that streaming is to television. It's the same thing. It's just how we like get it ordered is a little different. So like saying like, is the conservative talk radio like model dying Um, on one hand, technically, yes, because people may not be listening to live radio, but all those other people, again, as I stated, I was like, they all have podcast versions of everything. Um, And this is kind of the, this is, I I think, kind of like the the thing that I'm kind of like stressing on it is like when ideas are right and that they're true, we take for granted about them because we assume that they are obvious. We assume they are like the sky is blue and I don't need to teach that to you, right? But then there is somebody else out there who's being more active and selling the idea that the sky is red. Right. And then he gets people financially like hooked into it and then we're going, what the hell are they talking about? And the person's like, the sky is red and it must be because I'm paying for it. It's how I feel about being marketed an air fryer. Like okay. I intellectually, logically, okay. though, 
I do not need an air fryer. An air fryer is not necessary in my home. I would barely use it. I like fried foods, but I'm not going to make fried foods in my home. However, I am being sold all the reasons all the time. Apparently, every consumer reports ask type wire cutter website is just always like, here's the top air fryers. Why you should get an air fryer. Air fryer changed my life. Here's a bunch of air fryer recipes, blah, blah, blah. Now that I say this out loud, my fucking phone is going to just send me a bunch of ads for air fryers. The thing is, I know I don't need it. And yet you get marketed to that much and you start to think, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I could get some zucchini. You know, uh, yeah. throw it in the air fryer. And so then next thing you know, I've got a fucking air fryer. And suddenly I'm like, who wants who wants a bunch of fried zucchini? And I've completely changed lanes. And now I'm an air fryer, bitch. And it's chaos. Oh, AFB. It's pure chaos. What's nothing that? wrong with being an air fryer, bitch. Yeah, nothing <laughs> wrong with it. If you're, but, like- but if we replace air fryer with conservative ideals that will ruin people's lives. Yeah, there's a problem with it. Yeah, I can see that thing. Yeah, I think it's just one of that. Like when we talk, this is this is just my like thing on like when we talk about reaching across the aisle and how we like heal division. I was like, I uh, it's really not as like I was like people like people misconstrue that it's like oh I, that means that I must listen and give credence to these toxic ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's not that. I go, you just need to be better at sales. But a lot of time people go, well, I shouldn't have to sell this. I go, 100%, you shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have yeah. to sell that the sky is blue. Shouldn't yeah. have to sell basic human rights. But unfortunately, somebody else is selling the opposite. And they're selling really, really well. And that's like, you know, that's a, a fucking uncomfortable truth. They're selling it. If- well, go on, sorry. Well, the uncomfortable truth is, is like, if you want to be understood, you still need to like communication, like takes both ways. Right. And so to be understood requires selling them your personality. I don't just mean that in a capitalistic sense, but I mean, in the same way that we talk to anybody and I'm like, let me explain who I am and what I do. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, this is the type of person that I am. You're selling the idea of Nadia or you're selling the idea of Steve. Like that is just it. That's what I mean when I say sales, you don't have to like take all their money, but we do need to know how we present ideas. We don't need to take ideas, but we do need to know how we communicate out to people. And the one thing that conservative talk radio is really fucking good at is sales because they sell shit that isn't real all the fucking time. And we yeah. can't, you can't just ignore it. And that's the thing is like, honestly, like every time that I bring up that this is something that I have experience in, people get uncomfortable around it because A, they're like, oh, well, you must be like somebody who like adheres to it or are you supporting it? Or are you like doing all these things like that? Like people don't want to talk about it because they want to shove it away and assume that it isn't anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And that it is just crazy and we don't need to. I put it to you that that line of thinking is what late, like put us in this position where we are globally in the first place is a whole bunch of people not fucking selling themselves to each other. Yeah. Once yeah. again, capitalism saves the day. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, what you're talking about a lot is this push and pull effect, this idea that like talk radio in particular ends up being edgier, quote unquote, than say conservative television. Because when you're on Fox News, you again, lots of things being uh, coming out of flying out of people's mouths that don't make any sense, are not real whatsoever. They're being sold to people as real. But they also have these advertisers that force them to, uh, you know, let's say you, you cross the line. Oh, you could be subject to boycott campaigns when it gets when word gets out beyond these conservative communities about like they said, what now? You know, mm-hmm. so you're stoking listeners anger to build ratings and then you're pulling back and then being like, oh, no, I don't be blah, 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 blah. as you said, it's a performance. Well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and with that comes the idea that like they're selling they're they're selling the idea of stoking your anger better than liberals are by far. Well, I, I think it's 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 also like what's really fascinating to me is what like if you think about it, the system shouldn't work. Like Rush Limbaugh really came into national prominence when Clinton took office, right? But then Rush Limbaugh still was on the air through all of George W. Bush and Donald Trump, right? And which means that he's selling something that people already bought. How the fuck do you do that? Yeah. That's insane, you know? But again, people fucking buy it. So so it's it's subscription service modeling, you know? It's like... yeah, we don't uh, like progressives don't do it that way. No, it ends um, with that in mind. People pick up causes and they drop them constantly. Yeah, um, because it's the flavor of the week, and you just like that's it. You know, um, as opposed to again, like really thinking about. We worry a lot about, and this is what I think about being in the New York, Los Angeles, like coastal elite chambers is that we are, um, we're constantly just being like, let me show everybody that I'm here. Let me show everybody that I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. But then we're just in our one spot, which isn't enough. Those are all really, really good. You don't have to stop doing those things. Right. But it's not enough because there's bigger and the way that we think about spreading ideas is too slow. Um, because like, this is how Nazis fucking come around. They come around by people just retreating and not, and hiding and not trying to sell out those ideas because that Nazis fucking do that too. Um, now, it's my end of my damn bit. I know I'm very dramatic today. I apologize. Don't apologize. We're talking about Nazis. It's dramatic. I, we had a whole yeah. episode about the American government being like, Nazis, come on over here and run our space program. That got dramatic. Uh, yeah. for with good reason. Um uh, uh, as far as liberals and progressives trying to sell stuff, particularly via talk radio, there's been a lot of initiatives and they've all failed. You had Ed Schultz, you had mm-hmm. Al Combs, you had a bunch of like Air America. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. And it's like Air America is probably the most conspicuous of the failures. And it's like 
what what is holding it back? You think? So I, I can think of a few things that are holding back liberal radio slash in this case. I, I think the problem isn't but. that like, oh, well, liberals need to be on radio, too, or liberals mm-hmm. need to be. Where's the Fox News for liberals or anything like that? I think that is um, that's kind of like a simplification of everything. Mm-hmm. I think um, instead it's more like how do we get these ideas and kind of make sure that they go to our people through the mediums that they already use. And we already do that in a way, right? Like, um, so one of the biggest exports of the United States is culture, right? We constantly sell the idea of the United States abroad through television, through Netflix, through Hulu, through fucking everything, everywhere, all those things, the idea of the United States goes in everywhere, right? Um, That is just another way that we kind of just project out certain ideas. Um, This is why representation in media is so incredibly important because when you have a diverse and representative representation in media, now you are showing people what it's like to live and be in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Of whatever way that that is, whatever background you are representing, that is yours, that you're sort of like putting out there. But this is why it's so fucking fundamental. Um, because when you do that, like people, uh, I honestly think that like, uh, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is an incredibly influential American, but he's also because he was one of the first out actors that middle America knew like personally that was there. And that was unabashedly that was on their TV screens like every week. And he humanized a lot of these things. Right. Right. Um, It's really, really hard because then otherwise, like there are parts of this country that are as plain as dry white toast. Right. And like, they only know about, um, diverse perspectives from what they hear on Fox News because that's what's put to them. But there are other ways too. And this is where it is like, all right, well, I'm going to create my art and my books and my television shows and my podcasts and my things like that, that I'm going to make sure that they kind of like push on out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very, very big fan of Doctor Who, right? And Russell T. Davies, who is the former showrunner, soon to be future showrunner of Doctor Who, Um, was doing things in 2005 and 2006 that were so incredibly progressive in their representation in sci-fi that we would be impressed if he did it now. Right. And I think about how many people kind of, uh, like he had an action lead who was bisexual, right? How many people were influenced by that? We don't see them because they're happy and they're not loud. They're like living their lives. But think about how much hate that that show averted. And it did it in a way that wasn't really pandering, but it sells because it's selling an adventure. You, you know? bring up a good point because I think that part of what's holding things back when you, when you talk about demographics is this idea that like to start with, uh, liberals and progressive kind of have their own stuff and there's a value behind 
Oh, the the Washington Post is important. NPR is important, etc. <laughs> so are so is culture and art and representation in those things. So we're going to put our our money behind that versus the money behind having a guy yell at us that so and so is bad and here's why. And then the second part of it is like we don't have necessarily we might have it through and instead it's this cultural osmosis of to your point Let's just have a character who's bi and see how that influences people rather than making a whole thing of it, which yeah. might be, you know, maybe what like if there was the conservative version and they were trying to do the same thing. Let's say they're trying to sell the same thing. Even they might be like shoving it in your face. Here's why it's good. They're bi, actually. Here's here's why so, all of us should be bisexual, in, which I, I wish they would do. And then I would can, get laid more. <laughs> <laughs> come kidding. on everybody come on what's a girl gotta do to get on that fucking Kinsey scale <laughs> I, it's look with conservative talk radio it's the same thing right they're like they're going to a base that is angry and frustrated and needs to go to therapy and they go <laughs> i'm angry and frustrated and i think that therapy is terrible and everyone right. goes oh good there I am. I see that representation in there. And then now I like veer off into that direction. Yeah. Right. My thing is, is like, what if we created more pathways like out some of those people, the majority of them, they're so far in that direction, like getting them back in is not something that can be done on a broad scale. Yeah. And it's going to happen, honestly, like with all addicts, addicts are the only ones who know that they're rock bottom. And that's kind of the thing. Like, we're just like, it's the same thing. They're addicted and they're going to need to come back. They're addicted to hate, stuff like that. It's all about like, what do we do to stop people from basically getting sold that? And we do that by providing them with more things, more ideas to, and I'm putting this in air quotes again, buy, right? Right. Um, because if they do that, then they go, well, let's see, I have a choice between like Nazism, um, or I could just like fucking be progressive and free love and everyone's bisexual and Nadia gets laid all the time. Do you, like, Steve, do you think it's weird that when Jake put in air quotes by, he was also pointing to this sign that said, uh, by Jake's liberal ideas.com. Like, have you seen the website? Um, yeah, uh, well, let me say if the Venmo cleared. Um, yeah. Oh, Venmo went through. Yeah. No, Nadia, oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. Actually, I was going to this is a good sex, Steve. I was going to ask. So your dad is part of this audience. Do you feel like your dad is somebody who uh, really does truly believe mainstream media is corrupt and biased because he's been told that over and over and over again? I mean, and I'll have to decide how much of this I'm going to keep in the episode, but like, fair, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, it it is difficult, especially kind of, especially after um, the George Floyd murder of just knowing, like, I can't just go home and nod along or pretend to agree or anything like that. Like, I have to. Yeah, I, I have to stand up i have to let my thoughts be known and i try to do it in uh, in more kind of you know even keeled tempered find a way in you know the sales of it all try to find like okay how can i what can, oh so climate change okay well you do have grandchildren 
do you, if you're not 100% sold on climate change, don't you want to just kind of like err on the side of, I have grandchildren, so I guess I should, you know, assume climate change could be real for their world? Instead, it's just like, nah, mm -hmm. it can't be real. Global warming. How can we global warming? We had snow in February. What do you mean global warming? Uh, <sighs> yeah. Sorry, man. It is what it is. I had uh, my, I had uh, an aunt who was, uh, she kind of had her uh, element to it. Like, it's very strange because she was also like very conservative and like Fox News all the time, voted for Trump, only member of like my family who did. And we, like, it got to that point, like we couldn't really like talk to her. And when her old synagogue got shot up in Pennsylvania, she still didn't fucking break. Right. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, it took the George Floyd protest to like, that was her spot. Um, and it shifted like a lot of our discussion with her and, and really that moved the needle. Um, but this is the thing, like, it's not, I feel that sometimes, especially like when we're talking about these things that like we talk about sales, it's like, as if, we're going like, oh, well, then we should be selling. We should be doing this. We should be doing this. Like, and it's on people and it puts a responsibility on family members to talk to, or people to talk to their family members and like that, that it's, that's not the way that it is. You know, it's not that idealistic. And it's like, well, we can just go all sit and sit down at the table because especially if they're not ready to that point. Right. And they're like, so all off and, and you know, I say yeah, all this to find again. The cracks and sometimes they're really hard to find. Sometimes it's just a small thing. Sometimes it's just like, I kind of like have it here and you know, I, I'd like, uh, I'd, yeah, it's, that's, it's just fucking difficult, man. And I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. I think, I think it'll be better by the end of the year. I think, I think for the most part, the political discourse is cooling off and, I think so. uh, and by Christmas, we'll all be cutting our, uh, um, hams together. <laughs> our roast cut <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I not tell you at the holidays? Um, my family's tradition is everyone brings a ham. Okay. <laughs> There, how many hams are there? Well, it's a big family, so it depends on what side of the family who's going. So if it's a smaller, like, if it's just going to be the immediate family, then I guess, like, maybe seven hams. And if you're going to go to, like, the big family party where, like, cousins and aunts are going, then you're looking at upwards of 35 hams. But we no, all that's a lot. Now, again, I'm a Jewish guy, so I don't get a lot of hams. So you're not eating a lot of ham on Christmas. Is I just want to know, like, is that a lot? Is that the average amount of ham or is that too many hams? Um, I mean, I would say that a Midwest Catholic eats about seven pounds of ham per per day. <laughs> um, so it's a uh, it's it's not too much ham. Like if you go because what you don't want, you don't want to go to a family Christmas party and not and run out of ham, you know, no, but, so, but my yeah. question, no. Jesus isn't there to get to, to, but, to double but, it. Go ahead, Nadia. I'm done. Steve, but Steve, but Steve, just ham. No sides is what you're saying. It's just ham. 
Well, I mean, like some people might like toothpick pineapples and maraschino cherries into the ham if they want to give it that Hawaiian florist. Okay. All right. Just Makes sure. sense. That's all. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's a, tra- a tradition. It's every, every Catholic family gathering at the holidays, everybody brings at least a 10 pound ham. Do hams come in? Like, are they like turkeys where they, I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm turning this on, on you guys, but now I'm not sure like how big ham comes. Like are all hams the same size or is it like turkey where you can get like a small ham? I believe you can get ham. a small ham or a large uh, God, ham. I my... think that's how ham works. My dad's Muslim. We didn't hey, have Siri, any. Pork. How big of a ham can you get? <laughs> I always grew up because it would be those commercials for pork and they'd be like the other white meat. And I didn't know. I didn't know what the first white meat was either. So I was just like, yeah. there's an original white meat that someone is lying to me. There are two white meats and I don't know about either. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've never seen, I don't know, like I I get that. I think that was a trick. I mean, obviously it was an advertising slogan. It was right. clearly a trick, but also like I've never ever before or after that, like I'm not a big, um, I'm trying to be more plant-free in general, not plant-free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying I only to, eat meat. I'm trying to just in general like you know be more plant-based um especially like when cooking on my own um and but it's so like I don't know a lot about pork believe it or not but I have never I don't think I've ever seen pork that I was like is that chicken because that looks like the other white like that looks like a white meat like it's it's never I don't know I, and I hate I hate for the pork people to come after us. Um, we've made I, so I mean, far. I'll be honest, like pork is a notoriously hot button issue that gets people excited on Twitter. So oh, yeah. I'm I, like I'm avoiding the conversation as much as I can. Um, and I just I don't have any expertise in pork. I think when this uh, episode um, this episode's going to drop and a bomb is going to drop also when people hear my hot takes on all of this. <laughs> Um, my family going back to like, uh, something that the, uh, conservative media loves to get in on very, very much like, do not tell my aunts happy holidays. It is Merry Christmas. Um, like the war on holidays has always fascinated me because I've always just been like, but like, it's just easy. Like, just like Christmas is still a holiday. Like you're not the idea that you're giving up like your Lord and savior by saying happy holidays to the clerk at Mervyn's um, (laughs) is just always been so wild to me. I'll never forget Megyn Kelly being mad on live TV being like, so I want to take my kids around to look at nativity scenes, but I can't because somebody put a Satan statue up and I'm like, that is child cruelty to take them around to look at nativity scenes instead of Christmas lights. I like, I, I don't know. Like with all the, first off, what sort of store is Mervyn's? I got a, I had like Mervyn's is exactly what you think a department store called Mervyn's would be like. If somebody was like, I work at Mervyn's. Oh, and we lost, we lost Nadia. Oh, I got more Mervyn's facts. If- no, yeah, g- give it, give them to me. 
Oh man, a street named Mervyn's Drive still exists in Fullerton, California as a Mervyn's location was there prior to 2008. Mervyn's is the preferred clothing outlet of Charles Boyle and his family in the sitcom Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, Nadia says she's trying to get back in again. Oh, good. Yeah, let's get Nadia back in here. Nadia had some technical issues, but Nadia, Nadia, I had some good Mervyn's. I had some good. I was a real good Mervyn's info dump there, and I'm sorry you missed some. <laughs> I'm also sorry. I'll have to listen later. Um <laughs> Nadia's gonna find out about the Mervyn's emailing email list and the street named Mervyn's Drive that still exists in Fullerton, California. Anyway. My hometown. Woo! Really? That's why you know about Mervyn's. Yes. Oh, wait, just so you know, it's not Mervyn's Drive is not because the first Mervyn's was there. It's just because a Mervyn's was there. I know which Mervyn's they're talking about. Uh, here's a hard, here's a hard left. Speaking of passionate loves. So when we're talking about these conservative talk radio hosts, they have all had this passionate love for the idea that coronavirus is not real, even though four of them have gotten very, very ill mm-hmm. from COVID-19, uh, including this guy, Mark Bernier, who's from Daytona. Quite a few have died. Yes, actually. Some guy named Mr. Anti-Vax. Uh, said the government is, quote unquote, acting like Nazis and then proceeded to get sick uh, and was be- treated. Oh, no, he did die. He's one of the ones that died. My bad. Um, there's another guy named Phil Valentine. Uh, I think he's the- him or somebody else he called died. Fauci a power tripping line freak. Um, he may have died as well. What What's with what's with that? What's with the whole like? Let's not believe science thing. Is it just because liberals are saying you should? So this is a thing. It's like these all these ones are like the small fish. Right. And that's kind of like it's really fascinating because like everyone on Fox News is vaccinated. Yeah. They have to be to work in the office. They're literally all of them. All the other fucking mm-hmm. conservative talk radios, all the ones that you've heard of all fully vaccinated. They're just fucking liars and they're salesmen. Then there are these other people who bought in so deeply that then they go, well, I'll make my own show. But they like drank the Kool-Aid for lack of a better phrase. And then, yeah, that's like, it's like up to this line. Once you you get to a certain level of market, then like you- I actually think drink the Kool-Aid is the perfect phrase because it, it stems from the Jonestown massacre. Which is a cult that, and they didn't even serve Kool Aid. No, there. it That's was the other. Fun yeah, point. it was um, flavor aid. Like yeah, yeah. You're just saying basically that like these people um, are just the ones that are the most uh, logged on about these. It, it, like it's hitting conspiracy theory cult level. I points. think I, they're. I mean, honestly, it's like they're kind of like victims too Mm. in their way right because they're just trying to emulate out they saw it on uh they saw rush limbaugh they're trying to be little mini rush limbaugh's but they can't because rush limbaugh was a liar so it's like they're being trying to be something that's Mm -hmm. fake Mm -hmm. you know but all that to just say is like it's it can get like especially at this level. I'm like that, that sort of misinformation is killing people. 
Yeah. Yes. Literally. I mean, a lot of like, literally, well, on a, but like directly there and it's been doing it indirectly for mm-hmm. decades. Right. Um, and sometimes just super very directly, but you know, like it, it's, I, I guess like my kind of thing is what I, I would almost encourage every, my big encouragement when people find out that I've listened to this first and foremost, like I, this is not something that I listen to on the regular today. Um, but the reason is that a lot is I'm like, it's not like a little pet Nazi hate group, you know? And I think that I encourage people to not listen to it and not support it and not do any of that as it is. But I do think it's important to understand it. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's also like, uh, this isn't a call to arms. This isn't like a thing that people like, we need to act up and do something about it. I was like, it's not, it's just like, we need to understand that it's there and that's it, you know? So that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's my story. Jake, is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners on in terms of understanding or breaking down the horrors of conservative talk radio that you haven't already covered? Um, I think like my biggest like thing about it is again, like, um, it's always to remember just to like be kind because everyone is fighting a very, very, like really, really hard battle. Um, and the, like when we kind of like hide ourselves away from our own personal passions, it makes us more, um, susceptible to these sorts of like, uh, predatory sales techniques that conservative talk radio can do. And those things can really poison a lot of wells. Um, it is no singular person's job to ever fix these things. They're not, it is not that simple. It is not that binary and nothing is, is really ever going to be solved. Like it's in a movie with just one sort of exchange. Um, but this is a thing that happens in America. It happens all the time. Right. And I think that, uh, denying its existence is not very, very helpful and saying, well, we don't have to pay any attention to that because it isn't right is where it kind of, that's where nationally we get into a lot of trouble because, um, you know, there's a lot of philosophies, uh, that I adhere to that um, I think are really just basic fundamental human rights. And I think everyone should agree with, and they should, but they don't. Right. And um, it's how do we kind of get a lot of people back to it? It's not a call to arms. It's a, it's kind of a call to personal empathy first to understand that this is a dark side into everything and that it's there. And it's a part of it. And Fuck it. Sometimes it's just white noise and it's a conversation that doesn't involve you, but you're still in the same fucking party. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So there you go. That's my story. Uh, I just, I was trying to think of a ham joke to end on for a moment there. And then I lost it. I I know. I was like, oh, this is so good. But normally we have like some sort of like, 
pull out the carpet haha at the end but it just would feel wrong i'm sorry <laughs> yeah fuck you jacob thanks so much for coming on why do you know that my pleasure is there anything that you would like to plug at this time um no i i don't know you can you, if you if you want you can follow me on twitter at the drago effect like ivan drago uh on twitter um i'm also uh on instagram under the same handle um but or just keep tuned to netflix for one day boons and curses will be on it and that's about it so, so wait is his name saw no it's his name is jigsaw jigsaw yeah his name is not saw his, he's jigsaw and he does the okay. saw i i believe i referred to him earlier i re- <laughs> i believe i referred to him as saw and not jigsaw oh, we know as in his name is mr saw unless that was the name of his father oh you know what, Nadia? That's fine. Can I just get a clean jigsaw from you right now? And I'll just get uh, Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at why do you know that pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.